Hey, what's going on, everyone? Good afternoon, or morning, or wherever you're at in the world on this beautiful day. May 25th, May 2018. I really have no idea how to do this. I'm just shooting from the hip here and trying to uh, articulate, be somewhat uh, entertaining, perhaps. I don't know. I, I'm just sharing uh, my experience uh any hope that may uh, be utilized for anybody else, if it's just one listener. Um, really, my motives and my intents to do this is for me to strengthen my recovery, to share my experience, uh, what it's what it was like, uh, what's, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, not affiliated with any sort of uh, um, organizations. Um, not going to try to uh, promote anything. I'm just trying to uh, share my life and what has uh, been working for me, what has not worked for me. And bottom line, it's just that I'm a, I'm a recovering addict. I'm a hope to die dope vein. Um, I have this, what I like to call a disease, um, not this uh, moral deficiency I have within my makeup, this ego, this, this something that just wants to bring me down. Um, and sometimes I, I believe that lie, and I, I, I just I mess up. Um, I'm going to be trying to be mindful of the words that I choose to use, but uh, I come from a place of, uh, you know, uh, vulgarity. So some of my speech, I'm probably going to be interjecting some uh, uh, cursing. So this is uh, just to be uh, let everybody know that I will be saying. Uh, some of the seven dirty words that George Carlin has talked about. Um, in either case, I don't know really how long I should be doing this. I don't know how long um, each episode is going to be. All I know is that every single day I have to do something that strengthens my recovery. Every single day I have to do something uh, to manifest a behavior or practice you know, something in my life that will lead me on a path of recovery uh, rather than a path of relapse and destruction and turmoil and consequences that I just don't feel comfortable with living with anymore. Um, so a brief synopsis of where I'm coming from. I don't just divulge my whole history on this first episode, uh, but I do know that I should probably uh, uh, identify myself and give some context uh, real quick. Um, I grew up in a household uh, where drinking and drugs were uh, uh, there in the environment. Uh, my mother died of alcoholism um, in 2010. Um, she was 47 years old. She looked like uh, she was about 80 or so. She looked just terrible in hospice. Um, she was uh, extremely abusive uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Uh, growing up, she was in my life. She was present. She was a stay-at-home mom, if that's what you would want to call that. But she was uh, absolutely uh, in her disease. And for a very long time, I, I have had massive resentments and just blamed all my behaviors and, and uh, things um, that, it, that were detrimental in my life. And I just shifted the blame on her. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I've acknowledged her disease and acknowledged that she was suffering from this and she just didn't have a desire to change. 
or she was just living in that shame and guilt for so long that she just covered up her feelings and, and didn't want to feel that pain and that remorse. And she just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. Um, so I, that's some predisposed, uh, uh, conditions. My grandfather is an alcoholic. Uh, you know, I came from a, you know, uh, that physiological, uh, makeup perhaps, and definitely the environmental, uh, I was predisposed with different environments that, that you know, encouraged or opened that those doors of me to, uh, to use my first drink, my first, uh, time partaking in a mind-altering substance. I was about, I want to say, like 10 or ten or 11 years old, maybe. Um, there was a, uh, um, my neighbor where I grew up at, they had a party the night before, and they left some uh, core lights and some wine coolers out front in their little porch area. And uh, I grabbed a wine cooler, had a, you know, a decorative fruity little looking label and whatnot. And I, I drank it. It was the most delicious thing I've ever tasted in my life. I remember, but I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to feel like that all the time because it, it made me feel, uh, it, it, it put me in a position where I didn't have to feel uh, bad about going back into my house. Uh, I didn't have to walk on the eggshells around my mom. Uh, it was great. Um, however, I drank like three or four of those, and I was just getting wasted. Um, went in my backyard. The, the earth was spinning. Like, I, I, I was belly flopped on the backyard. My arms spread, and just like everything was spinning around me. Puking. It was just, it was just crazy, and uh, I didn't get in trouble for it. Um, that was the first time I, I drank. Um, and from then on, you know, I was uh, 14, started smoking weed. Started doing hallucinogenics. Um, I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a musician, and uh, when I was younger, when I was uh, six, seven years old, I started playing drums and playing Rush uh, songs, Tom Sawyer and in Limelight and all that stuff. Um, and it was in talent shows and all this, that, and the other. And growing up and whatnot, I, uh, uh, when I was 14, I started working at this uh, barbecue place where I grew up at. And uh, there were some other uh, individuals that um, knew that I would play drums, and they were trying to form a band. And they were, you know, I was 14, they were 16 and 18 at the time, and I was like, awesome, dude, I can hang out with the cool kids and whatnot, and uh, formed a band. And in that process, just the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of permeated uh, into my, my life and whatnot. In either case, uh, eventually it was all about, you know, the music and then all eventually it was all about like trying to get with chicks and then just it just ended with with just i couldn't stop using um uh, first time i i did methamphetamines or uh whatnot i was 17 the day i turned 18 the, the, my birthday my 18th birthday i got arrested uh, and went to jail um i had a warrant out for failure to appear on a uh um, minor consumption ticket or something like that uh, the day I got out of jail, I let us down this elevator and some kids, the people that I went, we walked out of jail with, I was like, what are you guys doing? And, uh, went to a motel. They were going to their motel or whatever like that. And, uh, did meth for the first time. And from that day on, um, that has been my, my drug of choice. And although I, I will have to say that my, you know, my drug of choice is more whatever's around me, especially if it's, if it's, if you're paying for it, I'm going to do it. Um, 
but it's just bottom line. I'm just a, I'm an addict. I'm a hope to die dope fiend. So, um, long story short, here, um, you know, I, I've I've burglarized houses. I've committed a lot of crimes. I got several felonies on my record right now. I uh, uh, was in prison for a few years, uh, Department of Corrections, um, and in and out of county jails, multiple county jails. And every single time I have been arrested, I have been either drunk or high. Every single I've never been arrested clean. I've, I've never been uh, in trouble, uh, really, with the uh, with not just the authority and the law and whatnot, but with employers or anybody else close around me clean. Um, I, I've always been under the influence of some sort of uh, mind-altering substance when I get arrested or bad shit happens, when I lose jobs or get kicked out of houses or this, that, or the other. Um, that being said, uh, trying to fast forward here fairly quickly. Um, I, uh, when I got out of prison uh, in 2007, um, I got... Um, accepted into a half rate, halfway house uh, in uh, Boulder County. Uh, born and raised in Colorado. I grew up near Red Rocks in a town called Kittridge. Uh, it's near Evergreen. Uh, but uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater is my sanctuary. I, I, I just I love that place. And uh, a lot of people know where Red Rocks is geographically. So I just say I grew up near Red Rocks. Um, so the day I turned, uh, or I'm sorry, when I got out of prison and went to the halfway house in Boulder County, it was just, just by, by chance. Cause I, I fell from, uh, uh, Denver and Jefferson County is my charges. The crimes that I committed were in Jefferson County and Denver County. Uh, and Boulder County was the only halfway house that was willing to accept me, uh, because other times I wasn't, ha I wasn't halfway houses. I escaped or walked away. Uh, I walked away because I got high. Um, so I, uh, I've been in the Boulder Boulder area since 2007. Um, I was first introduced to 12-step uh, meetings um, in, in the halfway house, and uh, was going to these meetings. And uh, I was I was getting high at the halfway house. I was tripping acid uh, because they don't test for that uh, in UAs. And, but I was I was just trying to play the part, act as if, trying to fit in or whatever the hell. And I was picking up uh, key tags or significant uh, amounts of clean time. Uh, but I was lying about it because I was getting high. I just wanted to fit in. I was like, hey, hey just I got six months today. I just made up a clean date or whatever. Uh, but they kept saying, keep coming back, keep coming back, uh, this, that, and the other. And uh, I was coming back, you know, and, you know, getting to know these people and uh, what was cool, what was attractive about it is that, you know, they were tatted up, they were, uh, they talked like me, they had experiences like me, and I was like, what, you've been clean for how many years? That's crazy. You know, there's, there, you must have been, you know, celebratory, drinking on your anniversaries, or you're smoking a joint, you know, on the weekend or whatever the hell. Uh, it's just, it didn't, it was hard for me to grasp somebody like myself that uses like me and has had the consequences like me to be clean. It just, it was... It was like Greek. It didn't it didn't compute in my head. Uh, There's no. Uh, it was like you telling me that the the world was, world was round, and I just for all these years I believe the the world was flat. Um, but uh, so I got out of the halfway house. I got paroled. Uh, the day I got paroled, uh, the place I was supposed to go into, it, it fell through, and I was freaking out. And I went to the liquor store. I was super wasted. Uh, so my first day out, 
of the halfway house. I was, uh, you know, trying to find the solution. The solution for me often is, uh, um, using, trying to change the way I feel, uh, cause I'm not comfortable with these emotions and these feelings that I get like rejection or a sense of, uh, um, you know, insecurity or what the fuck is going to happen. Oh fuck. You know, I might as well just get loaded. You know, I, I, I would, you know, shoot dope behind a dumpster and as long as I have some dope in my pocket everything was fucking copacetic um, despite the wreckage of, of the turmoil and the barbaric environment I would be in um, I would judge people with nice families and nice cars and be like you're a fucking douchebag and think I'm hot shit and I'm this rock star don't you know who I am um, so get out of the halfway house and I, I had nowhere to go so I go to a meeting and uh, there was a lady there that was kind and considerate enough to let me stay at her house that night. Uh, so, you know, let my PO know what, what had happened. And the next day, she introduced me to another person that had a room for me to, to have the opportunity to rent. And uh, at that point, this is uh, late October 2007, and uh, I had gotten clean on October 24th of that year. Um went to a convention and it was the first time in my life that I really tried to commit myself and, and recovery to not use no matter what. And, uh, after a while I had accumulated 18 months or so of clean time and I had, uh, relapsed. Um, I had, uh, acquired, uh, you know, that, that room to rent, uh, a driver's license. I got the driver's license for the first time ever in my adult life. That was, uh, that was 11 years ago, so I was 24 uh, or 25. Got my license for the first time, and it was going to meetings and all this, that, and the other. And I got a girlfriend uh, that, which uh, later would become my ex-wife, and I used I used for uh, a, a, about a year or so. Um, came back into recovery, came back into eggs. I was like, I'm, I'm, this sucks. I hate these consequences. I hate this DUI. I hate this DV I just picked up. I hate having to use my extension cord to, uh, into the laundry room from, uh, my apartment to, to siphon power. Cause I was literally powerless. Uh, I just sat, I was laying on the floor, uh, just crying. It's like, this fucking sucks. So I was desperate and I came back to the rooms, um, once again. And, uh, I'd acquired three and a half years clean, nothing, no matter what. Uh, however, I relapsed again. We could talk about that, you know, down the road or whatnot. I don't know if I should disclose quite so much, you know, my story in this first episode, but, uh, there were still things that I was unable to, uh, you know, recover from. I was unwilling to talk about those. The, the, the number one reason in hindsight that I had relapsed so many times in my life and just couldn't get it is that I was unwilling, uh, afraid, uh, uh, unable, um, I didn't have the open-mindedness to be vulnerable, uh, to open up and truly just be honest, to have that constitutionally capacity to, to have this integrity, this intestinal fortitude of being completely honest, laying everything on the table with somebody else, uh, primarily a man. Because uh, when I talk to women, um, I get, I'm, you know, I'm a manipulator. I, I get what I want. And um, when, when I just, I don't have a real good history uh, being able to 
be genuine, not just with uh, people, but with uh, women uh, specifically. Um, that goes back to probably my uh, mommy issues or whatnot. So, in either case, uh, unwilling to talk about a lot of the behaviors that was uh, manifesting in my recovery, especially in my last year or so clean. Um, my uh, she, my wife uh, got pregnant. Um, you know, it was uh, I was just completely taking her for granted, her love, her compassion, her caring, her illuminating beauty, her her everything that just just surmounted like she she is and she was as the most amazing sweetest kind considerate beautiful strong intelligent woman i've ever met and she wasn't enough uh, i had to have more my ego needed more and i uh, was cheating on her throughout the whole relationship with dozens of different women all the time and i was unable to talk about that to not you know not my sponsor to a, a close mouth friend to a stranger on the uh, on the street couldn't talk about it because I had that like that, that shame that that you know, immense shame and guilt and and uh, just I felt like a piece of shit you know I was beating myself up I was literally becoming that which I didn't want to be um, and that was uh, someone that was unloving, unkind, and all that stuff, and, and uh, so it felt shitty, you know, and the once I, one is too many, and a thousand never enough, that one, that one time I, I uh, was unfaithful, I, I had to do it again, you know, I had one more, I have this just, this thing in me that I, I just can't stop, once I start, I can't stop, unless there's, you know, that, that gift of desperation, that moment of clarity, that, man, I need to, I need to do something different, right, so, um, so during the whole relationship near the end, um, she had gotten pregnant and I was just like not really physically attracted to uh, her anymore and I need to get my needs met and this, that, and the other. And I was blaming her for getting pregnant. How dare you? You know, I fuck you. She's caught just building a case to, to eventually get high. I was just building a case. And uh, I got, I got, I, I got high. I, I met a, uh, uh, someone on Tinder one of many, but this particular uh, lady, uh, you know, she was pretty much saying, you know, I'm, if you drink with me and whatever, we can probably do something. And met at a bar, had a Blue Moon uh, beer, the, I think orange peel or whatever in it. And I had a sip and I, that sip, I just chugged the whole thing within like, I don't know, 15 seconds and had another one. And then she mentioned that she had Adderall. And uh, it was off to the races. Now, at this point in my recovery, I had the opportunity and, and privilege to uh, to have stuff. I was able to acquire employments that afforded me, you know, the ability to be in a three-bedroom house in a nice area in Boulder. You know, I all the material crap that a dude would want, especially from uh, someone like myself with felonies and just this this bad ass or whatnot that would typically hold people down uh, the doors of opportunity uh, that comes with being clean and and, and with, you know, not getting high and stealing and this that and the other from people is that I was able to get a passport and have a stamps travel you know have, have money in the bank and all this crap and within a couple of months of me getting loaded I lost the house lost uh, being my ex-wife separated at that point and since then, that was 2000, uh, September 2015, 
So this is uh, May 2018, and I still haven't been able to legitimately get some sort of significant clean time. Um, the reason I'm starting this podcast, the reason I'm considering doing a vlog or whatnot is, one, um, it, it's something different. I've always been this, you know, drummer boy, or I've been playing guitar for a few few years now, and I'm trying to, like, uh, how do I say it? I, I've had this, this lights inside me to, you know, be on stage or whatever, but the motives of which were completely egotistical. Like, you know, I want to, I want to sign autographs like I did when I was in kindergarten, first grade and second grade, I would sign autographs after talent shows. I'm this young kid. And at that point, it's just, it, it, my ego was born. This, this just asshole machoism bullshit. Like, Hey, I'm good at this one talent, this one skill. Uh, therefore the world owes me what I want on a silver platter. Right. And that's just not how the world works. Um, so the reason I'm starting this is just to get, get that, be able to like, just, um, just do something. I'm just trying to do something different, I guess. Uh, I'm really trying to check my motives here. I'm not trying to be all famous or be this awesome, amazingly, uh, um, you know, famous podcaster vlogger or whatever. Uh, I'm doing this in hopes, uh, for primarily if I can reach, reach one dude, one guy uh, or somebody, uh, one person that can just stop using and stop stop what they're doing and realize that life is worth much more than uh, than a, a bowl and a pipe or a, a swipe right on Tinder or or a click for something to buy on Amazon or uh, whatever it may be that is separating um, oneself from the light and, it, and it's it, it just being in the shadow of darkness. If I can just reach one person and maybe influence their decision to, to not do anything that would harm themselves today. That's, that's, that's the goal. Cause when I do that, I stay clean. I, I get to, uh, recover cause that's how it works is that I get to share myself, my experience, my, my, uh, strength. And it's in the hope that, uh, um, somebody may listen. And it's, uh, it's, again, it's kind of a selfish, selfless kind of thing here. Is that uh, anything I could do that strengthens my recovery? I'm doing it. So that's where I'm at today. My clean date is May 5th of this month, 2018. Uh, the day after, so I'm on drug court. I've been on drug court for um, over a year, just about a year now. <clears throat> and uh, throughout the whole year, I've been smoking spice. Uh, spice is this synthetic marijuana where it's not really detectable in your analysis. However, they can they can test for it these days if it's uh, they have the assumption that someone is using it. Um, it's an expensive test, and one uh, one when, when, when you know smoking it throughout you know, most of the time uh, when I was in the halfway house work release last year, and uh, I got busted. I uh, went to uh, treatment for three weeks, got out, and uh, went back to uh, work release. Uh, for a couple of months, uh, got out, um, and I've been out since uh, uh, end of January of this year. Um, smoking spice, and uh, the place I moved into, it's a like probationary housing. They help. It's a, an establishment where probationers that don't have the capacity to really get traditional housing via management, property management companies, or they can't afford it, or this, that, and the other because of their background, their felonies, the credit checks, all this crap, especially 
in this geographic location of Boulder, Colorado, uh, it's, it's very difficult for someone with my kind of background to obtain uh, traditional housing. So uh, came in to this place and I had a roommate and uh, he was, uh, you know, doing the 10-2 on a meth pipe um, a few times. And, you know, at first I was like, eh, whatever, you know, it wasn't really that influential. Uh, however, I was smoking spice. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm cool, I'm cool. However, uh, how I relapsed, um, I was on Tinder and trying to change the way I feel and trying to have that, you know, that connection, that fucking, here's my empty cup, will you fill it up for me kind of thing. But it was always in a uh, objectifying, uh, gratificating uh, manner. And it wasn't, wasn't uh, at all benevolent, really. Um, However, I would act the part and say, hey, I'm this nice guy, blah, 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 right? And this one chick that I met, you know, I, I tried to mention, you know, I mentioned her, I'm in drug court and this, that, and the other, and I have UAs and you can't drink. You know, I can't meet you at the bar or we can, but, you know, I'm going to have to have soda or coffee or whatever. And uh, pull up, you know, driving around, she's like, hey, do you, do you party? And uh, I'm like, no, I, no, not anymore, but you, you can, I, you know, I won't judge you. And... Uh, and then a few minutes, she pulled out a uh, pipe and some dope and started smoking it. And within, I think, three and a half minutes, uh, I was I was high. And uh, it was high for about a week. What has saved me, why I'm not in jail right now, is that for the first time in my life, I've been developing these, these skills like honesty, being able to reach out to my therapist and say, hey, this is what's going on. I can't fucking stop using or I relapsed. Uh, I am able to talk to my PO in, in a manner of which of not manipulating her, just being putting, I'm just, I'm tired of holding cells. I'm tired of not being able to see my kid. I'm tired of fucking just all these consequences. And more, more, more importantly is I'm tired of feeling I'm a fucking piece of shit, that I shouldn't be alive, that I'm of no, no use to mankind. I'm tired of that feeling. Um, so I'm doing things that are different today. Um, like meditating, you know, I, I'm, if you saw what I look like right now, I, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, you meditate really seriously, dude, you do yoga. What the fuck you do like it? You know, um, there's some things that are different that I've been doing today. Um, so, uh, to get to where I'm at right now, um, a few weeks ago, uh, I have a, like a, May or the end of April, I had relapsed again. Same same thing. Met a chick, uh, but I decided to get a high or whatever. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with me? Why? Why? What is this? You know, it's not just the dope. You know, it's the why? It's the women. It's the fucking. It's the gambling. It's the all this fucking shit that one is too many and a thousand never enough. And I just everything good in my life just disappears once I use that one. You know, and in the time frame. Of, of that shit being lost it is very quick. It's shit. For me, in my experience, when I use, it's it's as if I, I didn't stop, right? I was clean for three and a half years at one point, and when I, when I relapsed, it was as if I had not stopped. The shit is progressive. It is not like this, like, I can just casually, you know, do a hit of fucking dope, or I can casually, sh you know, do an eight ball over a weekend. I it just that doesn't compute. I can't have a glass of wine. I don't, I don't know how to have a beer or two. Um, I don't know how to drink. I don't drink near beer to get nearly drunk. I don't smoke near fucking 
dope to get nearly fucking high. It's just, I'm a hope. I just, I'm an addict. Um, and that's something that I've accepted, uh, and understand a little bit better now. So at the end of, so May 5th, May 4th, um, it's my last, my last in time I used in May 5th, Cinco de Mayo of this year. Um, I, uh, I had this like burning bush experience of some sort of universal fucking something, the stars aligned, the whatever that day is going to be forever seared in my conscience and my mind, my soul, my heart. I'm so fucking thankful for it that day. Um, I, I have worked some four steps. I have, I have done some inventories. I have shared a lot of shit with, with dudes and, and people in recovery over the years and, but there's, there's one, one experience that I totally repressed or I totally forgot about or I just, I don't know why it didn't come up, but it came up that day. Um, so May 5th, I'm like, fucking, I don't want to live. This fucking sucks. But, you know, so I'm on drug court. It's called AITC, uh, Adult Integrated Treatment Court. And I have a suspended DOC sentence. So if I fuck up on this probation, I get to go to uh, the Department of Corrections for eight years. Um so like I'm like feeling like utter crap. I don't want to be alive. I I'm just I'm cr- I'm, I, I'm crying. There's just this cry and a sensation in my body. The way I'm crying is different than than like before. Like when you know, bond me out, fucking get me out of jail, rah! or uh, like you know, all these consequences suck. It was a different like. It was like an empathetic cry. It was like a, a compassionate cry of some sort and and it in that moment i remembered uh, a time when i was about seven years old like i said i grew up near red rocks uh colorado and uh there's you know some hills and mountains and whatnot and i was walking up uh this hill and i had a bb gun and i got a bb gun i'm walking i'm by myself it's a sunny day whatever it's like summertime and i see a bird in the branch and I pump up the BB gun and I shoot the bird in the branch. Uh, one shot, one kill, and, and it and it fell down. It fell down onto the ground. I'm about I don't know, 15, 20 feet away from it. I get up to it. I see the bird and it's like it's dying. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh my god! I was freaking out. I was crying. I was like, what am I doing? Oh my god! Oh my god! Like I didn't I didn't like that feeling. I was just like, whoa, you know. Um, from that day on, uh, I've not killed an animal. I've, I'm totally not. I don't. It's like love life kind of thing. I, I respect life. I don't kill spiders. I don't. I'm all about that just because of that day. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, and I've not shared this with anyone up until a couple of weeks ago, um, because on on Cinco de Mayo, that feeling, that crying, that fucking that sensation, that that remorse is that I realized that I'm that bird. I was that bird in that branch. Um, I've been shooting myself in the face for entirely too fucking long. I've been killing myself. I've been in, in that process, not just hurting myself, but those that love love me, those that uh, have been close to me and care about me, which I didn't understand why they cared about me. I didn't understand or uh, really uh, was able to reciprocate that that love and care for because I didn't, I didn't love myself. I didn't care about myself. I didn't realize that I was this beautiful bird in this branch. And it was this opportunity to, it was to realize that I'm fucking never going to do that again. I'm not going to do that. Um, so in that, that moment, for me realizing that, I, I, I call my therapist. 
let her know what was going on, uh, call my, my PO, let her know what was going on, and just been vigilant sense of, of making sure that um, from here on out, the foundation of my life, uh, the, the roots that, that are being rooted into this cultivated ground are as strong as unwavering and, and um, impenetrable as possible. I'm being as vigilant in my recovery because not only do I look in the mirror today and say, dude, you're, you're an okay dude. You're lovable. You're worthy of recovery today. You're worthy to be alive. You're worthy to breathe. You're worthy to, to have nice things, to have goodness in life. And truly believe that and not say it in an egotistical, narcissistic, like, fucking look at me, I'm this fucking self-entitled motherfucker. It's more I'm this human being that has feelings, that has desires, and has had experiences, and has had pain, and has had joy, and all this stuff, that, that I'm going to do whatever I can to protect that, that I'm this bird that has been resurrected. Um, and this is why I'm kind of doing the podcast, is that, is that I'm trying to do something different, Trying to let my my uh, my experiences where I'm at today, uh, uh, you know, be uh, just another brick in the wall of a relapse, and uh, lots of lots of stuff has happened in the last you know 20 days or so. Um, and this is this is podcast number one. I'm probably I, you know I don't want to do with this thing. I, I I got 33 minutes and 45 seconds recorded so far. Um, and kind of this is where I'm at, you know, uh, I'm probably going to write out maybe, you know, for the first next six days or so, uh, topics, uh, uh, whatnot. Um, if it's like, uh, my first use or this, that, or the other, whatever it may be, um, to kind of like script it out of like kind of the general idea of that day or whatnot. I really want to share from the heart and I really want to come from a place of not necessarily improvisation, but be in that, that flow, that inspired place of being able to connect, uh, with, with, uh, the universe, you know, cause the universe is, um, when I'm in the moment and, and I'm paying attention to the right here, right now, the present, you know, I realize what a gift it is. And, um, remembering that I, I, you know, I'm trying not to regret the past or shut the door on it or fear fuck the future and have this impending, like catastrophic, like impending doom feeling or this mountain, huge mountain that I just, I have all this debt and I have all this, all this wreckage of my past. I got to deal with, I got all this crap, but like I'm walking up this hill, you know, and it's important for me to, you know, maybe turn around and walk backwards and see how far I came. And to be able to, to share that with just even one person, that's all that's really just what it's about. You know, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another, the therapeutic value of one human being able to help another one, the, the therapeutic value of, of acknowledging that there's goodness in everyone and that we're worthy to be alive, the, 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 the obstacles and adversities and, and prisons that we build up ourselves to not let us reach our own best potential. Um, that's bullshit. That lie is dead. Um, I'm seeing the light today and, uh, it's dispelling that darkness. And, um, one thing that I'm, I'm mindful of also another thing I'm mindful of is that I can't, I have this disease 
and I refer to it as disease because that's the best way I can make sense to me, is that if I were a diabetic, you know, I would have to take insulin shots every day, right, to prolong my life, you know, to, to survive. If I don't take insulin, I'm, I'm going to, it's not going to be a good time. I'm eventually probably going to die. Um, on another note, I can't take, I can't take enough insulin today to last me the next four or five days, right? I, it's a daily reprieve. Every single day I got to maintain and, and do this thing. I can't breathe enough oxygen today to stay alive tomorrow. Um, I have to do just enough today to, to recover, to stay clean and not use no matter what. And then I get an opportunity for things to happen uh, in my life. Um, me being clean and whatnot isn't gonna it does not equate fucking material success. Me being clean today doesn't equate um, emotional serenity and contentment. Me being clean today doesn't equal all these fucking things uh, uh, that I might desire or want. The things that I desire and want can only be achieved if I'm clean and I do things differently. Like every day I write a gratitude list. The first thing I do when I wake up, my coffee, I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. Uh, and at that top of that list, I write an attributes, a characteristic, a compliments about myself that I can lean on or, and think about every day. Um, so I don't, when, when I have those moments of, wow, I'm a piece of shit, where I see a picture of me and my son and I'm not there with him, I, I well up in this, this instantaneous uh, shame ridden like, wow, I fucking suck at life. I can be mindful of the characteristic trait, asset, um, attribute that is a truth that I can lean on, you know. And so I'll share today's uh, gratitude list. Um, today's May 25th, 2018. Uh, I'm strong. <clears throat> I'm acquiring strength in areas I've been weak and continue to maintain and strengthen areas I'm strong in. Life is more than the physical body, but it's more than just the mental also. So that's the that's the first whatever kind of thing I can, and that's true. That's what I'm, I am strong. I am acquiring strength in areas I've been weak at. And I continue to maintain and strengthen the areas that I'm, I've been I'm strong in. But it's more about my physical body, and it's much more than my, my mental also. So the 10 things I'm grateful for. I'm thankful for protecting my recovery. I'm thankful for being strong for Judah. Uh, Judah is my son's name. I'm thankful for AITC and others helping me spot uh, with new exercise. Help uh, others spotting me with these new exercises. Spotting as in, you know, I'm trying to incorporate, you know, ex the, the term strong as if I was in a uh, gym or something like that. Somebody spotting me. Um, thankful for developing strong roots uh, and a strong foundation. I'm thankful for a strong life. Thankful for strengthening my passions. I'm thankful for practicing music. Thankful for my hope and its strength. Thankful for the strength of gratitude. Uh, and I don't know if this is the best one or not. It's certainly uh, very important to me. I'm thankful for strong coffee. God damn it. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, I'm immensely uh, kind of surprised that it, it felt like about five or ten minutes, but we're about at forty minutes right now. And uh, um, 
I feel rejuvenated. I feel really um, alive right now in this moment. I'm thankful for the gift of health that's keeping me alive right now. I'm, I'm beyond uh, my gratitude is is so immense these days that um, it is it is important for me to realize that the the more I'm grateful for things, the more I have gratitude. The more things in my life come into my life for me to be thankful for, right? If I'm thankful for a couple of things today, and truly walking in that Thanksgiving, uh, the next you know, like the next day, I get a, f- a few more things to be thankful for. Um, and it's really hard for me to be pissed off, angry, in uh, shame, discontent, or whatever, when I'm when I'm truly being walk, truly being thankful, when I'm walking with gratitude. Those two things, they're, they're like oil and water. Uh, they don't mix. Uh, having gratitude, there is no, there is no anger. There is no um, discontent, you know. And uh, I, for a long time, I just had this fear, lots of fears. And for me, uh, when I'm scared, when I have fear, it typically is, it, it morphs into anger. Uh, when I get angry about something, I'm just a scared little fucking six-year-old throwing a fit or a tantrum, afraid of not getting what I want or losing what I got. And uh, I'm going to go see Star Wars this evening. Uh, I think uh, Yoda uh, um, eloquently once said, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. So I'm not trying to live in fear today. I'm trying to have some faith that this thing work. that what I'm doing today is working, and so far it is. There's, you know, I've only been clean for uh, 20 days now, but I'm, I, I'm alive today. I, I've never felt more uh, rejuvenated, more purpose, like I have a purpose in life now. I've never had this this self-awareness, this ability to, to look in the mirror and be like, dude, everything's all right, man. It's going to be cool. Uh and, 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 and again, like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this thing. I have no idea how, you know, I just, I'm using a, uh, this app. Um, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Maybe I should double check on that, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know what, what I'm doing. I should probably, like, you know, probably give this, this thing some credit or whatnot. <coughs> I want to end it here pretty soon. Uh, the, the beginning song, Pull Shark, um, I, I love Sublime. I've always loved Sublime. Uh, this app is Anchor, by the way. If you want to start your own podcast, that would uh, maybe encourage you to try Anchor or whatever. You're probably using Anchor to listen to this thing. I have no idea if it's going to go Spotify or other various um, medias or uh, content providers or whatnot. Uh, but anyway, Pool Shark, uh, Sublime. I, I, I love Sublime. That's probably my top artist of all time, Bradley Noel. He sang and it just ran, resonated in my heart growing up. And I got into Slime about a month after he died from an overdose of heroin. And uh, Pool Shark is like this prophetic prophecy, self-prophecy that he had um, about shooting dope and how he's going to lose the war, lose his life pretty much. And I've always like leaned into that, like leaning up, I'm fucked, I'm going to die of this fucking shit, but... And I'm trying. I, I truly believe that I'm leaning into life, and that I'm going to win this battle. Uh, we can win this battle. We can win this war because dope 
has ruined not only has ruined everything good in people's lives. It has taken away, you know, families and destroyed people and jails and prisons and death and just all this fucking catastrophic, detrimental, gray, barbaric blackness of destruction. That uh, I'm tired. I'm I'm done. I'm waving the white fucking flag today, and and that white flag, that surrender, is the the first step of of winning, of 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 um, being victorious over the shit. Because um, I'm a I'm a survivor today. I'm not this victim. I'm not this, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not this person that is just just fucked. I have, there, I'm, I'm hope, I have hope today, uh, as long as I do what I, what I practice, what I preach, you know, daily maintenance, do thing that is, uh, do things that are in my own best interest, um, you know, so, anyway, uh, I think that might be all I got for today, that's the introduction of this podcast, no idea what I'm going to name it, probably, uh, JJ's steps to recovery while on probation, I don't know, that is like, I, it would be cool just to do this and uh, at the end of my graduation kind of share like what, just as, I don't know, like this is a, uh, something for me more importantly to show myself that, you know, shows my successes and, um, um, you know, goals that I've achieved and, and, and uh, you know, as well as acknowledging the setbacks or obstacles or adversities that I may be walking through, but just to mark my progress. Um, I may set, you know, take a few steps forward, you know, maybe take three steps forward, or, but I'll have, maybe there's, there's going to be a setback. But that one setback doesn't deplete the progress I, I've made and I'm making because my number one fucking goal in all of this to, to live life today is to be the best example to my son as possible. All right, I want to be there for him. I want to love him and let him know that anything that any, I just want to be that best example. I'm trying to, you know, I've been preaching this for, you know, I've been saying this for over a year now, but uh, I really want to act as if my son is always watching me. Like I, how am I treating myself today? If Judah gets this, if, if Judah is standing right next to me, how am I behaving? You know, I'm, I'm his example of how I treat women. I'm an example of how I treat authority. I'm an, an example of how I treat uh, employers, uh, peers, other people. I'm that example. Uh, so I need to act as if he is always watching. Uh, it's not about, you know, uh, it's not about me anymore. It's not about me. And, that, and that's fine. That's cool. I, I'm thankful it's not about me anymore. Because my way and my way of thinking is, is not conducive to uh, healthy, uh, positive outcomes. Um, I can't do this alone. So blessed and thankful for the people in my life that I got my life today. Um, and so fortunate that I have the willingness and the openness to have those doors open to be vulnerable enough to let people in and, and me be myself today. It's okay to have more than three fucking feelings and to talk about them. Um, it's okay to set boundaries with people you care about. And it's okay to uh, not entertain uh, ideas and, and, and just jump on the first opportunity to do that. Um, I'm really fortunate today. I got, I got a, an opportunity for a new way to lo- live. 
and I, I truly believe in the bottom of my heart that um, uh, this is this is a great moment of time for me. That this is the you know first day of the rest of my life kind of shit. That uh, if I can remember that I'm that bird in that tree, if I can just remember that I am worth living today. That I don't need to shoot myself in the fucking face. I don't need to, to harm myself today. That I'm worthy of of recovery, that I'm worthy to take care of myself, to, to have daily maintenance and, and to treat myself with love, loyalty, respect, and honor. And when I do that, when I truly love and respect and, and, and loyal to myself, I can do that to you. And be that way for my son, or my ex-wife, whatever it may be, to harbor and start a new way of living, behaving in a way and manifesting this, this stuff into practical application in everyday life. So, um, I've never done a podcast before. This is my first one. Boom. Um, I think I'm going to end it. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Um, I don't know if there's click, like, subscribe, or whatever, but um, it's not about, I'm not trying to get famous here. I'm not trying to fucking get money or whatever the hell. Or I don't even know how this works. All I know is what's working for me today, and, and that's... Uh, to have gratitude and thanks for listening. If you're, if you're listening, um, thanks for just being you. Uh, you are worthy to have goodness in your life. Life. You, you are. You that are listening right now can have anything that you want. You just have the have the willingness, the desire for change. That to open that door, to crack that door open, to have whatever it is that you want in life. You're you're worthy to have that. You're fucking, you're on this earth. You're listening to these words right now uh, because you are illuminating just awesomeness. You have that in you. Um, And I recognize that in myself today. So I hope you have a good rest of your day. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks.